KFYLP is sponsored by CapturedPrey.com. Visit CapturedPrey.com today for all your import and third-party Transformers needs and save even more through the Captured Prey Loyalty Program. You can also save on shipping on domestic orders of $150 or more. See website for details. CapturedPrey.com. Great toys, great prices, great service. Greetings, flesh creatures. It is I, Megatron. On behalf of TFYLP, I want to congratulate you for listening to the most refined collective podcast on this miserable little planet Earth. Yes. Here you'll find knowledgeable fans discussing every aspect of Transformers and beyond. Now, enjoy the show while I continue my path to complete conquest of all of you miserable biological entities. Predacons, terrorize! Hi, and welcome to TFYLP, episode 332. And uh, tonight, uh, we're, we're actually doing a pre-record for the show this week because it's Memorial Day weekend, and we figured that we all, you know, kind of want to, uh, you know, be with our yeah, families hi. and whatnot. So, um... So anyway, so with me tonight, I've got Christian Russell. Hello. And Rick Alvarez. Yes. So, there, there we go. So Rick is, uh, is is back from vacation himself, and I'll be going on vacation soon myself. So My body is gorgeously tanned, as you can see. I am quite the vision to behold. And uh, unfortunately, I came home with a Disney flu. Yuck. I will say, um, so I went to Universal, and I, I bought a bunch of Transformer stuff. And um, so here, here's how this works. I go there with cash, and I go up to the guy, and I'm like, can I mail this stuff home directly from here? He's like, yes. Great. So instantly, my shopping experience quadruples. So now I've got pillows, I've got shirts, dresses... I've got uh, playing cards. I've got all this candy. I've got toys. All, all these cool little things. I've got mugs. Everything. So it's like it's like five hundred bucks. So I'm like, my man. Now I need to keep this from my wife. So I'm gonna pay you in cash for a good chunk of this, but I'm gonna pay for like 150 bucks on the card because that's that's the amount that she probably wouldn't question. All right. And then I'm going to have you mail it all back so that she doesn't see it. And I'm going to hide the receipt. So, you know, I, I went, I went dark on this. All right. I, I went stealth. So, uh, we're back at the house and, uh, we're relaxing by the pool and, uh, my wife comes out and she's like, Hey, what's this receipt for 500 bucks? <laughs> <laughs> didn't hide it well enough, I guess. I didn't hide the receipt well enough. No, I should have shoved it up my ass, but uh, <laughs> she probably still would have found it. So, yeah. So, 
Yeah. So, um, but anyway, I went there and I bought. They had um, the uh, uh, Mech Tech toys in the universal packaging, and I went and I bought them all except for Evac, which I knew I already had. So the last time I went there, I bought Evac. I didn't buy the Optimus or Bumblebee, and I said, "All right, I gotta get everyone except Evac." And I'm at the airport, and I'm thinking, you know, it's been a few years since I've been down there. I wonder if the packaging's changed. So I go on my phone, and I look, and I'm like, oh, shit. The ones I bought are all different than the ones I have at home. And the one I don't have is Evac, which is the most important one, because he's the exclusive character to Universal. Luckily, they had a Universal store at the airport. And for only $30, I was able to buy a deluxe evac. Did they still have Snarl there? I picked up one two summers ago. They did still have Snarl there. Yeah, he was on clearance for 17 bucks. Hmm. I, I bought two of them because I wasn't sure if he was a color variant or not. He goes with that color, that that, that clear, smoky Dinobot set from a couple years ago. Okay, so yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't sure about it because I was looking at the figure and I'm like, I don't think I have a loose one of that color. Yeah, that color variant only came out for them. And then that showed up at Ross last winter. Was it in the Universal packaging? Yeah. Wow. Huh. Weird weird stuff. So here it is. I actually have it right here, the the Universal packaging. Yeah. You know, there's some weird stuff that just randomly shows up at Ross like that. So for all he doesn't know, um, Evac is an exclusive character. Uh, to the ride at Universal, you actually uh, he transforms. He transforms into a vehicle, and then you get inside of him, and you go through the ride. And uh, I got to help develop this character. Um, the ride was one of the last things I got to work on while I was at Hasbro. And then everyone went to uh, Singapore to ride it, except for me. <laughs> but it's here now. Yeah, I'm sure you yeah so now it's in Florida, and I got to ride it. I don't. Is, is it at L.A. too, or is it? It is. Yeah. How, how's the ride? Is it good? Uh, I'm not a guy who enjoys rides because I have motion sickness, but I loaded up on Dramamine, and, uh, you know, I, I have to ride it just because. Just because. And uh, it's a fun ride. It's from um, the award-winning producers of the Spider-Man ride, and I think they also did the, one of the two Harry Potter rides. Yep. Uh, transform the Transformers ride is unique in that it's three different rides in one. There's animatronics, there's a 3D screen which you're watching, but then it's also a roller coaster that's moving. And then at one point, as you go up in the ride, you're going up a building. You're actually on an elevator to the second level, and then when you come back down, when you're falling off the building into Devastator you come back down to the first level. So it's uh, it's pretty ingenious. Um, I got to see the cool CAD files, how it was all mapped out, and that was pretty impressive. Those guys are, are genius, and, I mean, that's all they do is make rides. So so this is the exclusive figure, and this is that's the second cool. va- packaging. The original packaging was uh, more like generation space, like it was red with, like, a dark dark grid on it. So Evac. So, uh, is all the merchandise is down there at Universal? Is that all exclusive to Universal, or is some of it sold in, you know, other other places? I would say ninety percent of it is exclusive. 
and it's uh, it's stuff that Universal contracts, like it's it's like tchotchke stuff, like it's stuff Universal contracts, and they'll put their the Transformers logo and the Universal logo on it. So it's like here's a candy bar with Optimus Prime on it. Here's an Autobot shaped lollipop. Uh, here's a bunch of T-shirts. They do have stuff like like the current wave of stuff, like they'll mm-hmm. have that. Mm-hmm. Also, the mugs that have Optimus Prime and Bumblebee skulls. Right, they've got you mugs. drink drinks out of them. They've got some great shirts, and then they also carry um, like the high end statues, like you know the fifteen hundred dollars mm-hmm. statues. So they've got a a really cool display case with all that stuff. Um, so yeah, whenever I go, I I load up on all the exclusive product that they make and. I bring it home, and one of the really cool things this is not as cool as the Avengers Infinity War saxophone that Walmart was selling, but uh, this is an Optimus Prime uh, Nerf Blaster. It's not Nerf, it's like the Nerf knockoff. Uh-huh. But I didn't realize until I got home that... What? That's crazy. That's it's awesome. Cool. It's it's loud as hell and it rotates. Lights yeah, it's, it's, it's really cool. So, yeah. It's not produced by Hasbro, it's licensed by Hasbro. So, yeah, so that's I'm, what I've been up to. I'm sure as a variant collector, but it must have been heaven for you down there. Yeah, well, I the stuff that really turns me on is all the non-toy stuff. Because anyone can buy the toys. Right. But not everyone has, like, oh, here's the Rock'em Sock'em robots. Here's a briefcase. Here's a pair of sandals. Like, it's all that stuff that really gets me excited. Because, you know, everybody has the toys. I have the toys. But it's like 30, 40, 50 years from now, it's like, hey, check this out. This is a cool piece. It's a pair of Shockwave sandals. You know, the hardest piece for me to track down from G1 that I was after for just a long time was a trash can. So I definitely understand the appeal. I'm still after, uh, boy, I'm still after the toothbrush set and the lamp. And it's Mm. been like 20 years. It probably took me eight years to find that trash can again? It took me... It took me over ten years to find the roller skates. And then I bought them, and then the wheels just disintegrated. Ah! Like, crumble, and it's... It's just... Every time I pick them up, like, more chunks fall off the wheels. But... I got some cool stuff. Uh, I got some, uh... I got Ultra Magnus Snow Boots, which I found uh, a few years ago. I've seen those. Those are cool. I've got some uh, jazz uh, sandals, flip-flops that uh, I've never seen anywhere else. Um, I found a really big... I didn't even know I owned this. Uh, but I was in my garage the other day. As, as you can tell, I'm unpacking, starting to put stuff in the display room. It's about... Uh, it's two feet by three feet. So it's pretty large. It's a... Big Transformers G1 uh, target, and you throw little uh, balls with Velcro on it mm. at the target. And I'm like, holy shit, I didn't even realize this existed, let alone that I owned it. 
and then I pick it up, and underneath it is it's it's in the box, and then underneath it is another one sealed. It's the uh, it's another Target display with Hound on it, and it's I'm like, wow! I wish I'd known I had these when I wrote my last book. Time to yeah, there you Just go. goes to show you, you got to, uh, your collection and your toys don't do you any good if you can't enjoy them. If they're packed away in storage or in your garage or your attic or wherever, they don't do you any good because you're out of sight, out of mind. So, Right. <clears throat> Absolutely. So, yeah, it's, it's nice that you are finally going to have the space to be able to kind of enjoy it all. Well, I, uh, you know, I've, I've always said I'm very lucky I have this house. It's a 2,200-square-foot uh, room with 11-foot-tall ceilings, and I have run out of shelving space for all my boxed movie toys. So I'm up to movie three, and I am completely out of space. So I'm going to have to figure out where another set of shelves are going to go. You should get those creepy shelves from Scooby-Doo where they rotate around. So you have two sides. I actually um, have a door that uh, Home Depot sells it now. It's 300 bucks. It's a bookshelf that it's on hinges. So that's going to go up in the living room. So there's two ways Ah. to get it. There's two doors to the basement. There's three doors, but there's two doors from upstairs. The one in the living room is going to be the bookshelf, and that's going to open up. And then I have the bust, uh, the Shakespeare bust from uh, the original Batman series. Uh huh. The one that flips down, you have the button on it. Uh, so I'll put that on there, and then it'll it'll be fun for me. Huh? Yeah, I, I may have to look into great. that uh, bookshelf door. That gives me one more bookshelf I could put in my room. Yeah. Uh, well, the bookshelf, the bookshelf door, it has to open out. So depending on where your hinges are, hmm. you might have to flip the hinges. Yeah. Uh, Christian, your collection is looking pretty good there behind you, buddy. See, you got yeah, your cases great. all lit up. I'm not in my apartment where they are. I'm at my satellite location. Okay. <laughs> Undisclosed secret location. All right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> my cases so, are all lit up, but they don't—they're not even behind me in my normal podcasting space anyway. Your big pal Optimus Prime is usually behind me. I—you uh, know—you mentioned something about that giant uh, Grimlock display from Walmart mm-hmm. that Surge had. Um, yeah. Turns out I have two of them. Oh well. Yeah, I didn't know that. Is. Yeah, I've got two of them over there, and I don't know where to put them. So, I got that big arch that was a Toys R Us, and I got to figure out where that's going to go. I just like, I like big stuff. Yeah, you run out of space quickly. Yeah. See, that's why you need to start, you know, collecting legends. So then that way, you don't run out of space. Yeah, no, I've run out of space too, so... uh, So I started putting all my legends and stuff on the peg hooks. I've got a there was a clothing store that went out of business and they had like a peg stand on wheels, mm-hmm. and I bought three three giant ones and they were already filled up. There's a lot more legends than uh, I remember there being 
Yeah. Boy, the movies really, they just pumped them out, man. Now it's all about one steps. One step. It's fun packing, unpacking stuff because you're like, oh, shit, I remember that. Like today I was unpacking carded figures and I came across the Dark of the Moon Mission Earth figures that I worked on. And I completely forgot they existed. They're like clear. The They're like Transcan. Right. I think the official title was Mission Earth. But uh, they're they're like Transcan, where they're made in clear, and then you paint the front so it looks like it's scanning the vehicle. Oh, that's cool. And uh, I, like, I completely forgot about those and how cool those were. And we had a whole bunch done up, but I think we only put out two or four of them. Four. Christian says four. Four? Okay. Yeah. And then we, they the went through a whole... Ironhide, B, and sides went. Okay. Yeah, they went through a whole iteration. At one point, they were all clear with, like, a grid on them, and then they were just clear, and then they were... The final version is what what actually came out. I've got I've got those samples somewhere, those clear ones. They don't uh, they don't stand to get they don't stay together very well. Clear past plastic stuff to deal with. <laughs> they disintegrate. So well, uh, the, the tolerances weren't you know weren't properly adjusted for the samples. That's all. Uh, so tonight's topic. Um, I guess is is um, I guess kind of going into uh, decision making on uh, repaints and reissues and all those types of things. And I guess Rick, I don't know if you want to add well, what. So we were talking about this, like, what do we call it? It's like the money grab show, right? Yeah. And we were just talking about the Transcan stuff. The the Transcan series, that was something we were talking about way back in movie two about doing. And I just think that's an easy money grab. Like, I really love those figures. Uh, I don't know if you guys collect movie toys, but I think we should, like, have Transcan figures in, like, every toy line for Transformers. Where it's it's clear, and then it's, it's there's, like, a grid pattern, and then the painted version at the, at the front or the end, or it's kind of like that, uh, like that, that Mirage figure that's disappearing for TFCon, that Sphinx figure. Uh huh. So, so a money grab, what is a money grab? Well, a money grab is like an easy win. It's like, Hey, let's put this out because we know we're going to sell a ton of them. Is that, is that, would you concur? Yeah, I think so. Okay. So, it goes into the subject of repaints, and there's two reasons why you would do a repaint. One, if, if you're thinking about, like, go back to the era of the Unicron trilogy. Armada, Energon, Cybertron, even go back to Beast Wars. There were just repaints. Straight repaints. No additional tooling, no new weapons, no new heads. It was just a straight repaint, and it was a new character. So that is done uh, because it's cost-effective. You already have the tooling. It's cost-effective. Now, I would have, looking back, preferred that those characters be the original characters, just the new form. Um, just yeah, like a new color scheme. No, I hate that. 
But I think, well, you know, I, I started like, collecting hard for movie times when, you know, Bumblebee started getting tons of same character repaints. So I, I'm heavily against that. So it, it start well, my, look, here's my reasoning. Like, there's a ton of different Optimus Prime colors, right? There's, there's black, there's G1 Prime, there's uh, purple, right? Like, all, there's a white one. All those have a reason for being, right? And you can use all those from the same tool. So that that's my thinking behind it. Like, if you have a character and you repaint it as a straight repaint without any additional tooling, is it better for the brand for that character to stay that character rather than renaming it a new character? I mean, the Seekers are the obvious, you know... Uh, exception to that and then you have the uh silver streak blue streak smokescreen prowl but even amongst those guys there's still repaint there's still little tiny remolds in there so if it doesn't get tooling does it need to be the same character i think in today's world probably where tooling is very character specific but you mentioned the Unicron trilogy where things were kind of less specific. Like the one that came to mind instantly was Crosswise and Cybertron into Smokescreen from Cybertron. Yes. Those colors were so vastly different that they can be different characters to me and they didn't need new tooling. But I never thought that Cybertron Smokescreen was supposed to be G1 Smokescreen. So I guess it kind of depends. I think the thing so, that's interesting is, is if you have like a brand new character... I feel like people are more willing to accept it, you know, as a repaint, you know, with no new tooling than if it's like, okay, so say if you do Ironhide or whatever, like Combiner Wars, where they repainted the heck out of characters and, but people didn't like it because you're like, well, this doesn't look like Ironhide or this doesn't look like, you know, whatever, whatever character it might be because it wasn't close enough, even though a lot of those characters originally were repaints of one another. But what if you took that Combiner Wars Ironhide and you put it out in black? You got does that get you excited? Happened. I mean, yeah, does that get you excited? It's, hey, you got a Diaclone-inspired Ironhide repaint. I think still no, because it doesn't especially look like Ironhide. So that's not a money-grab-lab situation where they say, hey, let's, let's put it out in Diaclone colors, like the Swoop, the Combiner Wars Swoop. You got a red okay, chest. There you, go. you got a blue chest. Right. So they put out the blue chest first, which is the Diaclone inspired show accurate color. And then the red chest came out later, which is the toy accurate color from the G1 series. So is that a money grab? I mean, I think its exclusive nature makes that hard to say. I, I would say no, but I, I would see why you would say yes. So is instantly repainting a seeker mold a money grab? Probably. What, but, but what if you repainted fans. it? Like, uh, okay, so there's the rumors of a character called Red Wing coming out. Yep. So let's let's say that's the same seeker mold as, say, Starscream or Thundercracker, but it's a new character now called Red Wing. Is that a money grab? I think, you know, the, the exclusive thing still applies here, but I think it's an easier sell than a Dinobot repaint. Why do you so think it's easier than a Dinobot repaint? 
Because now we you're getting into kids love dinosaurs. That's true. I'm thinking more of the collector market, and I know we all know that there's people who collect seekers no matter what. Right. I'm okay. one of them. So seeker collectors like us, that's a money grab because yep. they know they're gonna they're gonna nail us each and every time. Yep. And no, no matter how many seekers they make, they're always gonna sell a certain amount of them. Right. So there's so, people who are optimist collectors. No matter how many times they right. put out MP10, they got people that are gonna pay out the ass for those Nike yeah, Jordan, the, the Paul Freemals of the world. Yeah. Ex- to, exactly. To me, I feel like the more of the money grab is, is that when they took the like Octane and Blitzwing molds and and you know repainted those into Optimus and uh, Megatron. Because they knew that Optimus and Megatron would sell. So, I mean, I know there's a little remolding with that, but, but... But that is directly inspired from something that existed. That is directly inspired by Generation 2. Megatron. So, so I think but, yeah. I think that's smart on their part. I think that's just smart uh, planning. The, the easiest money grab that I see right now is not a Hasbro money grab. It's um, from Fans Toys. You know, their Phoenix, their Masterpiece Jetfire, has been selling re- at ridiculous prices for a couple of years now. I sold mine about three months ago for $370. Lucas, is that right? Some crazy number. Something like that. And so they're reissuing it now because they've seen that they can capitalize on that market. And it's sold out of pre-orders in a day. So I think that's an easy money grab for them just to you know, press the mold again and make a whole bunch more money. Okay. But the thing I thought was so, interesting from a net money grab standpoint on them is they actually, when they uh, re-ran the Phoenix mold, right, they did it with the metallic colors initially, and they held back, like they also ran the original mold again, right, the original like non-painted version or whatever, and yep. they did not reissue that right away. They waited for the metallic version to sell out, for that to come out, for that price to get inflated. And then, like, I'm sure they ran the figure at the exact same time. And they've probably, probably just been sitting in a factory. And then as soon, you know, now, like, however many months later, they reissue that again. And everyone's like, oh, crap, like, I couldn't get my Phoenix and so, and, and we were the same way. I mean, both you and I went and, and pre-ordered it on, on Big Bad because we're like, well, this is the only time I'm going to be able to get this for a normal price and not have to pay $400 for it. Yep, I only canceled mine today in favor of the Hasbro one, but I think you know that, that's a good example of money grab. There's money to be made. They went out there and grabbed it. Hmm. So... Let me ask you this, then. Kind of switching the topic to something that pertains to me directly. Our troop... <coughs> Excuse me. Yes, our, our troop builders. Troop builders, yeah. money grabs. Lucas and I were talking about the, that today with the new pictures of the Cyberverse Scraplet. Yeah. Because we both want several copies of that thing. That's what I was thinking about. Yep. And so Lucas so was like, he wants 24 of them. And I was like, well, I probably only need three. And Rick, I'm sure you yeah. need like 200 I, of them. No, I probably, with that, I, I probably wouldn't want 12 loose ones. How many Sharktacons did so you get when they came food. out? Uh, Sharktacons were hard to find for me. So I think I have about 30 loose Sharktacons. That's a lot of Sharks. Uh, Fair sweeps. 
the the headmaster sweeps. I've got at least two hundred loose. Uh, Transformers Prime Viacons. I've got over a hundred and twenty loose. Well, loose or waiting to be loosened from freed from their packaging. So, uh, so when you say that you had two hundred of them, like what, like. Did you buy these online, or did you every time you saw one in a store, did you pick it up, or what? How did you come to acquire? Yeah, them? well, I'm always on the hunt for troop builders, so every time I would see a sweep Pump in the builder, store, so every time I, I would see a sweep in the store, I I would buy it, and uh, then I just do trades, or you pick them up at shows or wherever. So, they, for a while, it got like the quest to get to 100. That was my goal. Like, I gotta get to 100. And then I got to 100, and it's like, well, they're here, so you might as well just get them. Yeah, I, I feel like you probably single-handedly uh, probably helped them out, out there, because I, I know that those sweeps were kind of, you know, it was the same way with me, where they they were sitting on the shelf for, and for whatever reason, that mold really kind of shelf-warmed. So that's that's the thing. We didn't answer this correctly, or we didn't answer this to the best of our abilities. Is a troop builder a money grab? I think as long as it's made in sufficient quantities, yes. But there's a lot of people, I would say most people only buy one. I think Reflector coming up is a money grab in that sense, because you have to get three to make the alt mode. Yep. That's an that's an excellent observation. I didn't even think about that one. Yep. So that's yeah, that's a planned one. money grab, and there's three per per case. Right. Yep. So yeah, there's probably a lot of people that are picking up a whole case just to make sure that they got those three. I so then there's guys like me who I need to have one in the package, and then obviously the three loose ones. So that means I need four. <sighs> well, and then you really need dick. one for because it because it it technically has an alt mode on its own. Right. So you need one, and then you need one in bot mode, or you know, you no. need three in bot mode. So I mean, there's, there's no. I, I'm very specific. I do everything in bot mode. But you know, here's here going back to like the the troop building thing real quick. The reason I got so many sweeps was because at one point I had this idea where what if I just glue them all together, take them apart and reconstitute them into Decepticod, which is a character from the comic books, which is made up of millions and millions of sweeps. And I was going to put my Headmaster Galvatron facing them, right? Oh, no, that's right. That Masterpiece uh, ATV Bomber... Megatron, I forget the company's name. Oh, Generation Toy. Thank you. So that one, I was going to have him and then just make a sculpture out of sweeps and have him blasting his way through that. So that was my that was my idea and I thought, well, do I really want to destroy that many figures and to make that and is it going to look the way it's going to look? How many people are going to get that? Besides me, and so I'm, I'm, 
I, I still might do that. I, I might not. I don't know. But that's the reason why I, I have so many troop builders for sweeps. I, I'm a troop builder guy. You look at my G.I. Joe collection, it's just buckets and buckets and buckets and buckets of, of troopers. It also didn't hurt that while I worked at Hasbro, figures were three bucks at the employee store. So I would just take my arm and just... So, wow. so you just had your paycheck direct deposited to the Hasbro store? Basically. And the <laughs> girls knew me so well that they would just hold stuff for me. They would they would just, like, hold stuff. So they'd be like, hey, we got a bunch of uh, the uh, G.I. Joe pits from the movie. We're going to put them out for 12 bucks. I'm like, yeah, I'll take three. I don't need three, but I'll take three. Okay. So, so yeah, the scraplets, you need to get, you know, a few hundred of those and make them into one I, giant scraplet. I am so happy that figure exists. That character came out in Transformers Prime, which was my pride and joy. And now it's it's an actual reality. I have the scraplets that um I think someone 3D printed scraplets and sold them at TFCon. A few years ago, I have I have a set of those. Uh, but so I haven't seen R.I.D. Do the scraplets show up in in that series? I I'm not sure. I have not actually watched the entire show. Um, so my my I started watching or, it with my kids, and then they kind of got bored of it, and so you know. Or is it Cyberverse? The 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 new it's show the new Cyber one. the new in Cyberverse. Yeah, do they show up in that show? I don't know. If anyone knows, please message me directly. And then, uh, not that I'll remember what you're talking about, but please, <laughs> contact me directly. Let me know. I, just, I would just like to know. Well, I don't it, know. It's really cool that somebody went back and thought, hey, let's make a scraplet. That, that, to me, is very cool that somebody like remembered that and wanted to do that. Well, you know, I, I think it's interesting, uh, that, you know, Cyberverse in general, um, you know, I, the show's not bad, um, but it seemed like, you know, I, I was not a fan of the, the first round of toys, but this new round that's coming out this year actually looks really interesting. Like, there's a lot of well, just kind of unique concepts. I, I would say it's unique that it's like, all right, we're talking about money grab. Optimus comes with the arc. I mean, it makes no sense that the arc becomes armor for him, but he comes with with a little arc toy. Now, is that little arc toy a money grab? That little accessory? Do you buy that Optimus just for that little arc toy? I'm I'm sure some people will, but is that arc toy a money grab? Or is it brilliant or lazy design? I would, I mean, I, I would say that, yeah, it probably is a money grab because you know that there's going to be a certain amount of collectors that are going to get it just to just to get it. And then the question I have is, is for those people, you know, say someone like me that doesn't collect Cyberverse, then you get that one toy and then you're like, OCD says, oh, well, I got one. So then I might as well just get the rest of the line. But here's the thing. Do they make the Nemesis now? Is there like a Megatron or a Starscream that come out with the Nemesis later on? No, that'd be cool. There's a Bumblebee with Battleship Yamato. Is it the Yamato? Or is it the Battleship from GoBots? 
I it's, thought it was supposed that, to be the Yamato. I thought it was the the battleship that was the the GoBots figure that turned into a battleship. Somebody did a side by side and it looked. It, yeah, it could be yeah. that too. Oh, Hasbro does own GoBots. Yeah. And there's a Skybite for some reason. Yes, there's a Skybite. Um, but that's cool. Like Skybite is one of those interesting characters that has transcended from his television series. Skybite, Bulkhead, Lockdown, those are characters which started off as very specific to their Black Arachnia, to their television Mm -hmm. series, and have transcended to become B and C and D tier players in the brand overall. So So let me ask you this. Hasbro puts out a... 20th anniversary Beast Wars figure. Is that a money grab? Oh, Let's they, say... They it, so, no. <laughs> no? Well, whatever it is, 25th or... What was it, 94, 95? 96. That's why I wrote it down in a book, so I wouldn't have to remember. Yeah, okay, so. I mean, I think them simply doing that, like, you know, for example, I know they're doing some stuff with the, uh, what is it, the 35th anniversary now, um, that, that, you know, they're putting out some 35th anniversary stuff, or another good, for the 30th anniversary, they did the Thrilling 30, and they did, like, a numbered thing on a bunch of uh, packaging, right, across... 30 like, for 30. Right, a bunch of different lines, right? And there were people that collected that line uh, to so they could get all three Beast Hunters Optimus Primes. Yes. And then there was like three movie five or four two-packs. Yep, and then at, at least two Metroplexes. And then there was the uh, just the solid, you know, four points of articulation Optimus. Which yep. was a Target exclusive. Yep. So good luck collecting really that overseas. Yeah. yeah Alright, so is a branding opportunity like the 30 for 30 a marketing ploy? Uh, a clear marketing ploy, is that a money grab? Yes. I would say yes. The one I'm thinking of now, though, is is moving into a different market with something that's Transformers branded a money grab. You see that there's money to be earned. You go out and put a Transformers thing in it and grab it. For example, my absolute undying love line, uh, BotBots. You know, there's that blind bag market that's blowing up right now. Transformers moves into it to take advantage of that. That's definitely money grab. Very true. Directly with Shockins. Or Grossing, whatever. Man, that's right on. Because that's, that's a whole experience. Opening the bag yep. is a whole experience. Yep. And then collecting them is a whole separate experience from that. And then they're Transformers on top of it. Yep. So they moved in on that market. And I would say improved it because they have two modes. But I think that's more subjective since I come from the Transformer side of it rather than the shotgun side of it. Right. The, the one thing I think is interesting about that is, is because they have some other blind bags that they've released, right? Like they, this isn't the first time they've done that with Transformers, but I, I would argue their other attempts that they've had have not been as good. Is, no, those is, Goldie figures so, that you and I talked about recently, not not good. But so the, I think the, it like the that started with Creo. Started out in Armada for us. Yeah. 
they weren't blind packed. They were blind packed over in Japan, but uh, not here. Right. Well, so I'm, I'm just thinking like ti- what was it? The tiny turbo changers. Tiny turbo, tiny turbo changers. changers. I think yeah. Rick, you were mentioning the Creo micro changers. The Creo figures. Those, and, I think those uh, decently well. The uh, robot hero ones, uh, not the robot heroes, the rescue heroes, right? Yeah. Mm. Which uh, all have a number coding on them. So the reason they all have a number coding on them is because Hasbro's based in Rhode Island, and there's uh, strict lottery laws, which is why they all have a number code on them on the back. Convenient. Really? Yes. That's why they're not true blind bags. That's... I didn't know that. That's that's good to know. It's helpful yeah. for us for sure. Yeah, right. It's, it's great for collectors, especially right? the the BotBots packaging where you can't grope the bag and figure out which one it is because it's a hard shell. Right. Huh. Yeah. So so if they moved out of Rhode Island, then it may not necessarily be subject to that anymore. Uh, possibly, possibly. I don't know what the other surrounding states are like, but that's interesting. Thanks for that. Well, if you uh, sneeze hard enough, you uh, fall out of the Hasbro parking lot into Massachusetts. (laughs) So, yeah, a lot of people live in Mass who work there. I live in Mass. So. You got the facility Um, over in uh, Fairmeadow too, right? mm Mm-hmm. Hasbro Games. I toured that when I was a boy. Oh, uh, no, that one closed. They sold that. Oh. East Long Meadows, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they, they were making all, They made all the board games there. They yeah, were that was... Movie, movie One puzzles at the time I was touring. Yeah, that was uh, the last stuff that was made in America. Yeah, that, that does, that's not there anymore. I didn't know that. It's, some, it's something else now. They, they sold it off to another company. Um, I'm sad. So... A money grab. Is the idea of a masterpiece figure in general a money grab? Oh, yes, because they're going to go after the adult market, and the adult market has money. Well, then, conversely, is a statue a money grab? I think I mean, less so, because those typically price people out. Right, but you're I, only... I, they price me out. Statues, um, I mean... Most of those are licensed by Hasbro, but they're not producing it themselves, right? So, I mean, I would say that it's kind of a money grab for Hasbro because they're just coming up and saying, here, we're, you know, give us this much money for you guys to make a statue, right? Yeah, but look at it from the company point of view. Uh, you know, we were just talking about, like, collect adults have money to spend on that. Like, a little kid is not going to spend 400 to $2,500 on a statue, Right, that's that's an adult collector. So, I guess yeah. price doesn't dictate if it's a money grab. Is our conclusion from this? That's true. I mean, you could sell vastly fewer statues at the higher price and still make the same amount of money. So, right. Mm. So, like even like a blind bag, you know, they they sell for three, four bucks. That's a money grab. If it's a blind bag, then maybe it's the the easiness or difficulty of the money grab because you can grab a lot of small bits of money or you can grab one giant bit of big money. Perhaps seeing it is the easiness to get the consumer to purchase the product. Maybe that's what the money grab is. 
Because the blind how, how likely is someone to purchase it? It, it? Impulse buys are proven to be you know right. easy money makers because they're right there. You say, oh, I could get this. It's two bucks. Done. Statue, hmm, I think can still be a money grab. I think it's hard though. We, we talked earlier with Seeker repaints and Optimus repaints that they're they're banking on a certain number of units selling every time. I think it's harder to predict that with a statue, but maybe it's not. I, I'm not super familiar. Well, I don't with that know. Market. A lot of times statues are limited runs, so they you know it's like a thousand pieces or five hundred or whatever it may be, and that's all they make. Mm. Then may, so. maybe I think it could be a money grab then. But yeah, I mean, I, I would say going back to Masterpiece, though, I mean, I think that that's absolutely money grab because you see that they only make char- the main characters or they make characters that are easily easily repaintable. So, so basically all of third party is a money grab. I think third party exists because there's money to grab. It tries right. to fill a gap that the official companies aren't holding. So, yeah, it's right. all money grab. It's all a money grab. Right. So okay, when they yeah, make so a uh, masterpiece Springer, you know, they grab my money. Oh my god, it w- that'll be like what, like the eighth Springer or something after third party. So, although I will say that new uh, that new Seed Springer that looks pretty good. Uh, Springer is one of those characters that most of the figures out there have looked pretty good, but that Siege figure, yeah, like that Siege figure, like. I give kudos to them because they they made that look uh, like like the animation. Uh, they made it look like a show that hasn't had a new episode in thirty years. So kudos to them. Yeah, uh, Christian and I were talking about this. Why is it that certain characters like Springer always get a good toy, and then we have uh, other figures that you know never ha- have never gotten a good representation. You mean like in Pactor? Yes. If you're if you're talking about the Hasbro side of things. Yeah. No. Right. That, that's what I'm saying. The Hasbro side. Um. I think it all depends on who the design director is, and what their idea is. Is it a fuck it, let's just make toys, or is it a the history of the brand is important and it should guide us along our way in our quest to make toys. There are two different theories. Both exist at Hasbro. It just depends on who's in charge at any given time. Maybe that's what's up with Siege right now because it really seems like they are going backwards and, and looking at the history of the brand and revamping old designs and pushing forward but while never taking an eye off the past. So I was talking to uh, my buddy Aaron the other day, and we were talking about the uh, Siege Cybertron Optimus Prime. And we're like, hey, check this out. There's a Cybertron Optimus Prime coming out again, a brand new one. And his theory was, well, it's an homage, but a good toy is still a good toy. So a a good design is still a good design, so... You know, when did the original Cybertron figure come out? 
2006? Five. 2005? There you go. So it's been long enough that we can properly homage that, that figure now. I mean, granted, the tooling for that original figure probably still exists. So I was just doing encore in the platinum line or encore line, but we never did. No, I search about that figure today actually, and we're thinking that if it did release now, that's probably a hundred twenty dollar toy with how many parts it has. And you know they wouldn't just put it out by itself; it it come with that Leo Kaiser, right? Was that the one that combined with it? Leo Breaker. Leo Breaker. Or Wing Saber, or both. Wing Saber. That'd be a yeah. good encore set, have all three of them. So whatever happened to the year of figures, there was the year of the snake, year of the horse, year of the ghost, and then there hasn't been a new figure this year, has there? No, I think the rooster hybrid style Optimus was the last one. Right. And yeah, the idea behind that was us. We, we were going to do 12. We are going to do 12 of them. All 12 Zodiac symbols. It seems uh, that everyone who was working on that project is probably gone now. Oh, yeah, everyone who worked... Yes, everyone who was working on that is no longer at Hasbro or is no longer working on the brand. Yeah. The the world of exclusives in Transformers has vastly changed since then as well. I mean, we hadn't seen store exclusives on Moss for a really long time up until, like, last year when we had all those Amazon exclusives. Gosh, the last time you walked into a store and got a, you know, Target exclusive. Well, they did have um, the uh, sound wave. They did that sound wave for the bubble. And that yeah, was the for the movie. First time in a long time. Yeah. But you're right. Usually, and then you know, there's always the Black Friday exclusive at Walmart, which they haven't done in done a, a long, few long years. Time. Yeah, because yeah. they did. They did a that stinger. For AOE, that um, for, there was supposed to be a Walmart exclusive, and then it like never even really came out. Right. Then the hot rod for Walmart was so impossible to find. People oh, that's were what finding I meant. Ross. Yeah. Hot rod, yeah. Right. Yeah, it never it never came to stores, as far as I know. I still haven't found the uh, Gears and Warpath, the G1 reissues at Walmart. Wow. Uh, we 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 have some of our last night. I'll, I'll grab them if you need me too. Yeah, if you don't mind getting me a I'll be out set of for each. Bot-bots this weekend, so I'll, I'll grab it. And if you have any uh, Series 2 or 1 BotBots left that you want to sell me, you hit me Oh, up. I've got plenty of Series 2. Let's talk after this. Yeah, shoot shoot me a list. What I I will. So, um, all right. So let me ask you this. Um, go into Bot Shots, because I was thinking about... Bot Shots. Um... <laughs> We were talking about bot shots and how that's a money grab, or, or bot bots, bot, bot bots, and yeah. going to bot shots. Um, so something that I was thinking about um, this weekend, because I happened to be unpacking my bot shots this weekend, uh, yesterday and today, and remembering, wow, these were a lot, of, these were a lot of fun. I wish we had made more of these. Um, there was a whole bunch of bot shots planned that never came out, but we actually wanted to do playsets. We wanted to do like bot shot launchers where we wanted to do Metroplex and Trypticon. And they were going to launch bot shots. And they were going to transform into robots. And Metroplex had the the ramp in his chest that came down. And Trypticon folded open. And they were going to launch bot shots. Uh, And that bot shots just never really seemed to take off. 
the second the second and third waves were a lot cooler because they had like actions like they spun around or mm-hmm. they had like flip actions that they could do. Um, but I, I don't know. Bot shots never really hit the way that bot bots have. What do you think is the difference, Christian? You're and I ask you because you're you're a bot bots aholic. So BotBots, of course, capitalizes on the Shopkins thing. And the Shopkins thing is cool because it's cute versions of everyday objects. They're small and they're cheap. Uh, BotShots, I think it was just a different market. I mean, what's, what's that other thing called? Bakugan is trying to capitalize on Bakugan. And it just did it worse. Because Bakugan was like these capsule things and you flick them and they are like monsters ba- and stuff and the bot shots all look the same. Yeah, Bakugan was brilliant. Those those should have all been minicons. You know, there were several different uh, lines that came out with similar kind of uh, things at the same time. Like I remember I think Marvel came out with some and I, I don't know who made it or whatever, um, but I, I know I know they came out with some of those too. Uh, with these little spider things, um, and, uh, and and yeah, so I, I don't know if it was one of those things that everybody kind of had the same idea at the same time, and they just didn't they didn't take off. Um, you know, I don't know. I know uh, another idea too, where they had those um, those figures where you could like pull them apart and like put different parts together. The Hasbro made of the Transformers. Hero Mashers. Hero Mashers, yes. Yeah. And that was another thing where it just, you know, I don't know if you call that a money grab or not. Um, you know, that that never really took off either. Yeah, and they uh, they made a whole series of Hero Mashers, which just ended up at Ross, and I never picked them up, and I wish I had for uh, R.I.D. That they went straight to, to, to like, Clearance yeah. outlets. I saw them at Five Below. So yeah. Five Below. Yeah, I wish I'd gotten them. Although I never saw the RID ones. Those didn't make it to the ones near me, at least. Yeah, I uh, I saw the uh, there was a Sideswipe, Bumblebee, and Optimus. They were the only ones that I saw. For, I think those uh, other ones only came out internationally. Maybe a lot of Creos came out in, in Canada. That never came out in the U.S. The Battle Changers Charger. Yeah, a lot. Of, a lot of blind packs came out, like the Cowboy Optimus and the yeah. Samurai Bumblebee. A lot of those came out. And uh, you know, shit. You know, talking about Creo and stuff I didn't know I had. I'm I'm, I'm opening a box the other day and I'm going through the box and I'm looking at it and like, there's a. I have this giant Creo. There, there was a giant Creo figure made. In Japan, I guess. Oh, I remember that thing. The big it's, Optimus. It's a, it's a big Optimus. It's like this yeah. big. It's a, it's a big Optimus. It's a big Creo Optimus. Wow. I think Creo is probably a money grab, too. It's it's meant to capitalize on that Lego blind bag market, too. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Hasbro has a hate-hate relationship with Lego. Lego is down the street from them in Connecticut. And... Uh, Hasbro always hires people away from Lego. Lego always hires people away from Hasbro. But Hasbro uh, made a real big push to enter into the brick market. And, you know, if we had just put out the sets that we had wanted to put out originally, 
Richard Woodhouse, brilliant designer. He designed a ton of sets for Star Trek, G.I. Joe, and Transformers, which never saw the light of day. They would have been like $60 to $100 sets, but they were just brilliant. And if those sets had come out, I, I think there'd still be Creo today. There still is Creo today, but it's only at the dollar store. Yep, I see my family dollar every time I go. And I think CVS still has, like, blind packs. Probably. I think they re-ran a couple of series in the blind packs again in the last year or so. They did, and then they re-ran the G.I. Joe Creos, but they took the G.I. Joe brand off of them. Oh, weird. So they ran, like, a bunch of the G.I. Joe vehicles, but they took the Cobra and G.I. Joe stickers away, and they just called it Creo. It wasn't, like, Creo G.I. Joe. It's just Creo. Is G.I. Joe that toxic these days? See, the problem with G.I. Joe is that it's a... It's a baby war brand. Right? It can't compete with, like, Halo, Call of Duty, Black Ops, all these real-world situations where there's gruesome death and real-world guns. You know... G.I. Joe exists. It's it's a playful version of military, which is why it doesn't do well internationally. Right? We don't sell it in Germany. So I think uh, G.I. Joe Renegades was probably the last great hurrah for G.I. Joe Entertainment. And that show got canceled before the first episode ever aired. And boy, I can tell you they made, they regretted that decision. Yeah, anyway. I think it did fairly well. It was a great show. It was a great show. We had a ton of toys planned, but they just felt the the director who came on just felt that it didn't activate anything. It's like it's not GI Joe the way I remember it. Well, the way you remember GI Joe, the way I remember GI Joe, it can't compete with Halo and Call of Duty, man. We got to reinvent GI Joe to be more kid-friendly superhero type thing. I don't know. That would be kind of an interesting uh, thing. If if they released a video game of G.I. Joe that was like a Fortnite kind of G.I. Joe-looking game. Oh, have I got a story for you, Lucas Bachelman. So, uh, War for Cybertron. That was not the game that Activision wanted to make. So good, though. War for Cybertron was the game that they ended up making because Hasbro would not allow them to make G.I. Joe. They came and they wanted to make a G.I. Joe cartoon show. Like a game based off the show. It's set in the world of that show. Uh Uh-huh. And Hasbro said, no, you gotta do Transformers. And so we got War for Cybertron, which I love. It was was a a hell of a game. And beautiful designs, absolutely beautiful designs. But, interesting. you know, imagine if we had gotten a G.I. Joe game at that time, set in that cartoon world, what could that have activated for Hasbro? Could G.I. Joe still be on the shelves in some capacity today? And not just as a Toys R Us exclusive. Is, uh... Is G.I. Joe... I thought they were making a movie, aren't they, or are they not? Uh, well, they're making a, a reboot, which is just, uh, 
I think just based off Snake Eyes. Oh, okay. Which is which is what we wanted after the first movie. It's probably the best way to go. Ninjas are still okay. Yeah, we want so we wanted to make a movie, and Aaron script the whole thing out, where it's it's the Commando version of Snake Eyes. He's got the goggles, and the Uzi and knives and stuff. And at the end, he graduates and becomes a ninja. And then Dennis Quaid shows up as Hawk, and he presents Snake Eyes with the visor. He's mm-hmm. like, use this new piece of technology. So he gives him the visor, and he says, you know, as the ancient Arashikagi say, knowing is half the battle. So we, like, retcon that whole thing, knowing is half the battle, to being an ancient Arashikagi saying. Nice. Uh-huh. You know what the other half is? Violence. <laughs> Knowing is half the battle. The other part, drones. Well, okay, so let's take it back to the topic here. Is that movie, or really any of the toy movies that we've had, Transformers, are those money grabs? Uh, Cashing out on everyone's nostalgia for it. Yes, but there's so much entertainment involved in it. So let, let me let me flip the question on you, though. If Hasbro produces a G.I. Joe Transformers crossover toy line... Is that a money grab? Probably. Yes, yes, but they should do it. I think it would be a great idea. Well, I think really anything they do is a money grab, just to to the extent of which. I mean, we've shown them for 35 years that there's money out there to get if they give us toys, and they're going to give us toys until we don't get money. But I, th- I think we're, we're kind of homing in on what a money grab is. That a, homing, a money grab is uh, how enticed is someone to make an instant purchase? To look at something and say, I got I to gotta buy that. I got to okay, pre-order so, that. I got I to gotta pick it up off the shelf. I need it. I forgot what I talked to Lucas about yesterday in, in prep for this show. The Ghostbusters crossovers for San Diego. Money yeah. grab. Money grab city. I'm going to grab them. They're going to get my money. But yeah, it doesn't make sense, sense but exactly. they're going to get my money. It shouldn't big. exist in that capacity, nope. but they're going to get my money. I'm going to buy all four issues of the book. I'm going to buy both the exclusives. It's going to be well, great. And, and the thing I think is interesting about that Ghostbusters figure, because they're doing an MP, you know, to take it back to that MP10, mm-hmm. they're releasing another, you know, MP10 version. And I think they're actually pricing it to where it. I think pe- more people are enticed to pick it up because I think it's supposed to be one fifty, right? That's what I've heard. What we've heard, uh, the rumored, the rumored price. And so I think. How many more MP10s do we need until the mold dies and they'll remake it? And keep I don't going. know. They, they have MP10. They had to have remade the mold, right? Like they had I mean, to have remade that mold by now. Yeah. There's, there's, there's no way. They, they've made so many of those things. That it has to be a new mold at this point. Yeah, it has to be a new mold. I remember when I was there, we remade um, Generation Starscream, the deluxe one. Remember that one? Yeah. We remade that one because we were just <laughs> pumping those out. Uh, oh, the the Generation Deluxe Bumblebee, the little small kind of Volkswagen car with the hover pack. Uh huh. Made another one of those. Did we make that one? That's weird. Because that was another one. Well, think about it. Bumblebee is, you know, if we make 10,000 sound waves, we make 30,000 bumblebees. Mm, Okay, that makes sense. So that's 
That's hey, what that was the first secret to release with the new mold? The new old mold? When did it change? <sighs> Acid Storm? Uh, Starscream? Or after that? I I honestly can't tell you. Dang. Uh, you know what? I think it might have been Thundercracker. When it came out in Generations? Yeah, I think it, I think it was Thundercracker. So 20, 2010-ish then. Yeah. Cool. It's about halfway through the life. But I, I think the, going back to money grabs, I think the um, the G one, uh, the the figures that they're re-releasing, reissuing now in the G one style packaging, mm-hmm. I think those are absolutely money grabs. I mean, those are exclusive to Walmart, uh, and and they're you know do, doing it just to play on nostalgia, right? I mean, yeah, just to uh, just to get guys like us to go into Walmart and and buy them. You know what? I never wanted G1 figures, and I've bought every single one of those reissues, except Optimus so far. You know why I like that Optimus? I mean, it doesn't make sense that it's 50 bucks. That's but why. you know what I like Optimus? Because finally, for the first time, he's in the same size packaging as a G1 car. I do like that. And if he ever goes on sale like Hot Rod did, I'll definitely get him. But 50 bucks for that is not worth it. No. No, I, I don't think that it's ever going to be hot rod. I don't know how they managed to make so many hot rods compared to this. What was weird was, is the, uh, the star scream and the devastator <laughs> both were that uh, not a lot of those showed up at the stores, but hot rod. I mean, my God, it seemed like that every store I went to had I, at least 10 of them. I think hot rod. I think I picked up a bunch at seven bucks a piece and then Devastator, I picked up a few at forty-five bucks a pop. So, wow. but yeah, yeah, I mean, it well, seems like that they've been selling them pretty well. Um, and I know there's a few places where those Optimuses are shelf forming, but at least by me, they keep flying off the shelf. They'll get them in and sell them out. Yeah, they still have them at my Walmart, but they put that wrapping around them that just destroys the packaging. Spider rap. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, I think we've gone long enough uh, in regards to the money grab topic, so um, we'll probably call that a night. Figuring out what money grabs are. <laughs> we figured out what money grabs are, and uh, we figured out that Lucas is going to do the sponsors tonight, and uh, we figured out that uh, Christian's going to email me uh, all the different things he has for sale, and he's going to take my monies. Yeah, and so uh, speaking, Lucas. I, I was just gonna say, uh, speaking of, Christian does have a BotBots Facebook group. So if anyone wants to join, if you're interested, go you and, and send me a message because we're currently in secret mode and I can't change the privacy again for another couple of weeks. Uh, after that whole catastrophe of where, where groups are getting mass reported last week, I thought it was best to kind of go into hiding. But if you want to join the BotBots group, send me a message or post on the TFYLP page. I'll find you. Yeah, and then our uh, right. our sponsor for uh, TFLP is uh, Captured Prey. Uh, great toys, great service, great prices. So go out, check out Captured Prey. They have their uh, Stasis Pod feature, so you can fucking money grab, fucking money grab. Somebody, god damn it, can't see it. Somebody oh. made He Man Sword into uh. Uh, an outlet. <laughs> oh, oh. The, uh, the sword uh, of power into a power strip. Yes, thank you. 
They made He-Man sword into a power strip. There you go. That's a, That's a fucking money grab. <laughs> fucking bastards. You, you fucking got me. How many are you going to get? Twelve. <laughs> I just need the one. I just need the one. Is this a He-Man one for every outlet? God damn it. God damn it. Rick gets stuck down the money hole again. God damn it. Um, it sucks, too, because I got a job, you know, like the first time in four years that I got a, like a regular job. And now I have all this extra income coming in. I'm like, what do I do with this money? Get your money crap. That's what happens to you. Yeah, more plastic crack. I was gonna say, I mean, you you could you could God save damn. It. that that is an option to. That's a that's a money grab right there. The sword of power and it's a power strip. God <laughs> damn it! They got oh. me. They fucking got me. And now I have to explain to my wife why we have this. <laughs> That'll be I'm on sure the, the bonus content. To- I'm sure she will totally understand, right? She'll be like, well, obviously. I mean, who doesn't Sometimes need a sword of power power strip? Sometimes she's like, where are you going? And I just tell her, oh, I'm going to go do Rick stuff. And she just leaves me alone. <laughs> so, um, And then also, if, if you like what we do uh, and everything, uh, consider supporting us on Patreon. Uh, so we have different pricing tiers that go from a dollar on up uh, on patreon.com slash TFYLP. Um, so it just helps us with our server costs and equipment costs and, and all that type of thing because, you know, it costs a lot of money to, you know, to serve all this up and, and put it up uh, for everyone to download and whatnot. So, so and then <laughs> make sure and also check out our other shows. Uh, Microcasters is on Tuesday nights Microcasters. At, uh, at 10 o'clock Eastern on Tuesdays. That's exclusive to the tftalk.net Facebook page. Uh, so if you go there, you can help us and, and uh, interact and and talk about, uh, you know, the whatever figure that we're reviewing for the week. Michael Crasters is a great show. I highly recommend it. Thanks, man. There you go. One day I'm going to be on that show. <laughs> Just say you're always welcome to come on, Rick. Uh, we, we can review some of the minifigures that you've... Uh, no, the, the problem is that I buy stuff and it just sits around for a few years until I get a chance to open it. Like, I'm looking over there and, like, I see, like, the Fire Guts uh, Power Master Optimus Prime. I'm like, I should probably open that. But now it's like, should I open it? As I say, at this point, you might as well keep it sealed so that way if you ever want to sell it. Yeah, I don't, I don't sell stuff. I don't often sell stuff from my collection. We'll crack it open, record it, and we'll have it as bonus content. That seems. Yeah, like I, think, I think I just need to do like an unboxing day yeah. where I just like pile all the good shit together and just open it. That that'd be fun. Oh, yeah, here, definitely record. Here's it. me opening my Brave Max. Like I've got a Brave Max sitting over there, waiting for me to open. That's that's how long it's been sitting there. Nineteen years, it's been waiting for me to open them. It's a long time. That that is a fair amount. So yeah, I, I I almost feel like at that point, I mean, you know, it's like just applying the stickers, and I mean that's a lot of work. No, yeah, no, I like I have two of them. I'm like one one is to open, one is to keep sealed. But like I haven't gotten around to opening it, and it's been 19 years. That's 
that's how much shit I've got sitting around that I need to open. Wow, that that makes me feel better because I at least do not have a 19 year backlog. <laughs> when you say it like that, it makes me feel worse somehow. <laughs> I've got a 19 year backlog. You should see my comics backlog. I've got boxes of comics, just like like the long boxes, just waiting for me to read. Are, are you still on Dreamwave? <laughs> right. I'm still on Armada Dreamwave. Yes. <laughs> no, I'm I'm up to I I haven't uh, read uh, I read the first issue of the new IDW Transformers, and that's it. I still have like I'm on issue two of Scooby Doo versus the Apocalypse, and there's like thirty issues in. Mm. I'm on like issue six of Back to the Future, and there are like fifty issues in. Uh, so yeah, it's. One day. I just hope yeah. I live long enough to to enjoy all the stuff that I spent money on. There you go. Yeah. In, in your retirement, right? Yeah, I just came out of retirement. I got a stupid job. I went and I got a stupid job. Yeah. How could you? Yeah. So, for anyone interested, I, I am uh, working at a company now. I'm, I'm director of... Uh, marketing supply distribution for a company that makes CBD products for horses. Hmm. Turns out 90% of our customers use it on themselves. Like, I didn't think horses needed CBD, but uh, all right. Well, sometimes horses get arthritis or, you know, joint pains. Rub a little, you know, lotion on them. Well, there you go. There. There you are. I... Well, I guess, do we have any other final thoughts? I think we covered it. So, all right. Well, thanks, everyone. And uh, I guess that's that's a wrap. So, see you next time. This has been Transformers for your listening pleasure, a presentation of tftalk.net. We'd like to thank you for listening and ask that you please rate us on your favorite podcast outlet and share us with your friends. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at TFYLP. Email us at podcast at TFYLP.com. This is Paul Lighting, and on behalf of TFYLP, we'd like to thank you again for listening. And we hope you'll join us next time for another... T-F-Y-L-P. Ha <laughs> ha!